Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! It's time to live the life you know you're capable of. And I'm Clarence Wells, and we're going to get into it. Into the well, as we always say around here. What? Who is this guy I'm being? This is perfect. I'm Clarence Wells. Kid show host or something. (laughs) Hi, fluffy puppy. Do you have a letter for me today? (laughs) This is the Fizzle Show. Where every week we talk about things that are interesting and important to indie business builders, independent entrepreneurs working to build their thing. It can be a bit of a slough of despondency out there. It can be a bit of a, you know what, it, it can be a bit of an adventure. I'm thinking of the whole, the whole movie of Princess Bride. That's exactly what being an entrepreneur is like. You're fighting against all of these things that just happen to come in your way uh, to get to some desired outcome. You know, you're the per- winning the to hand. kill the person uh, who killed your father. Well, that's one of the main, that's one of the characters. Those are some of the characters you meet on the path. Corbin, but you got to think of, you know, we're talking about, what's his name, Wesley? Wesley, who when I pull my hair back into a ponytail, you guys, I can really pull off a pretty good Wesley. He's going through this whole adventure to find, to get back to winning his his maiden's uh, hand. Uh, after, of course, he was a private for a while. Don't think about it too deeply, Chase. Um, okay, I won't. So the point is he fi- has to come over, overcome all these obstacles. Remember, he has to climb that wa- rock wall. Mm. He has to fight the giant. He has to this, that. And he has to go through the slough of despondency, the rodents of unusual size, all these wonderful things that happen in this movie. It's just like starting your own business. It's just like it. And you, you fight the giant, but sometimes, and sometimes the giant becomes your friend. And you, you, gotta, you start to use the giant instead of fighting against it all the time. I don't know why I think of that one particularly, but the point being, you're on a journey. You're on an epic quest to create your business, and it's challenging. It will challenge you. It's what it's made to do. It's what you're here for is to be challenged and to feel exhilarated, right? That's what we're doing here. And so this is a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a juice for the journey, so to speak, uh, to help you, uh, get to the next step, the next place. And today we've got an awesome, actually a really awesome conversation about, uh, about, let me see, let me pull up my notes here so I can remember real quick about working within your limitations. There's something really important we need to talk about here. And so, um, in fact, why don't we just dive right in? Steph is on the line, as is Corbett. And so, Corbett, why don't you just, what's this deal about our limitations? What's this thing about limitations that, that a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe, like, especially when we're early on, we might not know about our limitations? Well, we, uh, we started this episode thinking about a kind of an over the top headline, something along the lines of how to build your dream business in 10 hours a week. Because this is the kind of thing that you might find online and you might even find it attractive because most of us have some kind of limitations. In fact, most of us have specifically time limitations, right? We have a day job. We have kids. We have things going on in our lives. We have chronic illness. There's all kinds of reasons why we might not have the time to dedicate to our business that we hope that we could. And a lot of us might sit there thinking, man, if I just had 40 hours a week to spend on my business, then I could be successful, right? You you can mm. sort of blame the fact that you don't have enough time 
on uh, not having the business of your dreams. So today, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but very seriously, in a lot of ways, as you'll see throughout the episode, we want to talk about how to build that dream business in 10 hours a week. Not that 10 hours a week is the thing that matters, but the limitations are what matter. And the way that we deal with those and the way that we realize that it's not the amount of time that you spend on your business that will determine your success. And there are many, many incredible businesses that are created with all kinds of limitations that you might not have been aware of. Yeah. And I think first and foremost of just this, this brutal truth that we all have limitations. We all have limitations. Like right now, every entrepreneur who's listening to this is going like, I wish I could have a little more time to work on my business. I wish I could have a little more focus once I sat down. I wish I could have a little more energy or motivation every time I did sit down, right? I wish I, I wish my wife or my husband would like, would give me more time. I wish my kids would give me more time, right? We have these limitations that are built in. I wish my day job would give me more time. I mean, I am, I've been, uh, I've been at the very beginning of this journey and now I'm at some like intermediate, uh, expertise level, right? Where it's like, I'm, all I do is talk to entrepreneurs all day long you just it's weird you just start finding like entrepreneurs you just see them at coffee shops where random conversations start happening and you realize there's this whole network of people who are working for themselves every one of them at every step of the game knows what it means to have a limitation because not only have they come through lots of limitations but they're also like struggling with limitations right now. I wish I had a better Rolodex. I wish I had more contacts. I wish I had, was making more money so that I could afford to bring in an assistant or something like this, right? Steph, if there's somebody out there who doesn't think, I don't know, that they, they're, they're like not seeing the fact that they have a limitation right now and no, and nobody doesn't have a limitation, that everybody has limitations, right? If there's somebody out there that doesn't see that yet, is there any like, I don't know, do they need to know this about themselves? Oh, yes. What comes to mind is if you don't, you will. <laughs> I mean, what, what I wrote down as you were talking was seasons, right? Like, so much in life. I could get real woo about this. Like seasons are everywhere. There's seasons on the planet. There's also seasons of our lives. And I look back over my career so far and I've had times that were all about me, you know, being single and childless and young and healthy and all that good stuff and living in the city. And that was, you know, 80, 90 hours a week I had to dedicate to career. And wow, the whiplash that comes from your circumstances changing for many of us will become parents, moms in particular, I think, especially for those of us who go through the physical process, that's tons of limitation there. Um, You might end up in a different situation, different circumstances. Things are shifting all of the time. So and I think that that's the cool thing about this conversation too. A little preview is a lot of limitations are temporary. So what's that expression? If you don't like how things are, just wait because they're going to change. So like either things are going great, they're going to change or they're not, you know, you are having more resistance. That's going to change too. So I think this conversation is really relevant for everyone, whether you're in a season of limitation or you're not and you want some, you know, some collateral for the future for when things do change and you do need that extra strategy for working with your limitations, no matter what they might be. Yeah. And I think of, um, 
So, I, I mean, I think of this is something that came up in the pre-show thing, and it is just still, I'm still sort of reverberating from it. It was something Corbett said about the futility. In fact, Corbett, why don't you talk about it, like that futility that we can feel when it's like, when, well, go for it. You talk about it. Well, uh, you know, a business is this massive undertaking, and it depends, I guess, on what your expectations are, but most of us realize that building a business is a multi-year process. And, you know, and, and we might be thinking that, that it's a multi-year process for somebody who has th- the full week to dedicate to it. And here you are thinking, well, I've got a day job, and then when I go home, I have to, you know, feed my kids, and I get to steal away two hours every night when I'm feeling tired and just want to turn on Netflix and and uh, and go to sleep. But that's when I get to work on my business. And so it can feel incredibly futile to imagine that, okay, during these two hours late at night when I'm groggy, ready for bed, I'm going to work on one little task. And that one little task is somehow supposed to contribute to this grand vision that I have. Like yeah. what, what's even the point? Like what, you know, it can be hard to motivate yourself in the face of that futility to, to convince yourself. I mean, you have to almost be crazy, right? To, to think that I'm going to, okay, I got to build out this sales page today, or I've got to mm. interview this customer or whatever it is. I've got to do this thing because this little incremental change matters to getting closer to my destination. Yeah. I mean, and that can be such a hard thing. I mean, I've never, I didn't know how to make myself feel like it mattered until I started the like productivity journaling thing with the thing we have the course about now, which is like, so there's a course at fizzle called fizzle.co slash journal. You just go fizzle.co slash journal. And it's this course that we put together, um, about the journaling thing. And that's really, uh, a, a practice that I kind of cobbled together from a few little self-help, you know, new agey weird stuff that I had been finding. And I tried to just make it palatable to me because I just don't like to feel to like be too, too woo. I mean, and most of you who, anybody who knows me knows that I'm probably one of the more woo people you've ever met. But at the same time, like, I don't like to look woo. You know what I mean? I want you to put me in that box, you know? Um, and so, I was having a real hard time with work, just going like, I don't know how to do this. And I had to learn how to turn on this feeling like this, this project that I'm doing, it matters. It matters to, and so my journal is just full of these bullet points that, by the way, fizzle.co slash journal, I can't recommend it highly enough, even though I made it, like I'm super biased about it, but this thing pulled me out of like a seriously heavy dip that I'd experienced uh, for a while. And it just helped me to see all these things that I had to do that were just like moving a rock up a hill sometimes they it, tur- it transformed those things into like just pushing a rock down down the driveway like it wasn't uh, it wasn't up or downhill it was just like oh wait we can move the rock we can get some momentum going right because it turns out i mean even if it's not downhill it, even as long as it's not too far uphill you can get some momentum going with a heavy ass rock <laughs> you know and so i had to learn how how to just get myself beyond the futility that these projects and tasks could like could make me feel in some ways just just because of like how whatever my some trick my mind was doing right and so and when this, i hear you go for it Corbin. Th- this should be some consolation for people who have 
incredible time constraints. I mean, it's not to say that you don't have some constraints, you know, Chase, you're, you're a new dad. Um, you've got a life, but you are working on this business full time and yet you still have this massive mental limitation sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have to do some, some Jedi mind tricks to convince yourself to get back into that mindset of, okay, this task, no matter how small, no matter how maybe boring or whatever right now matters because X, Y, and Z. And, yeah. and so you're dealing with those limitations, even though your limitation at the time wasn't the same kind of time constraint that most people listening to this probably have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, so, so whatever your limitations are, it can be so valuable to notice them, mm-hmm. acknowledge, like in the surfing community, there was always this thing that you said, like, like the Buddhas in the surfing back in, in Santa Cruz would be like, if you, pa- if a, if a, you were, there was a great wave and you just were in the wrong spot and you missed it or you like, you get closed out or you just like, you, you biffed on the, on the, pop up like which is the worst thing in the world when the good waves there and you're at the right spot and then you you like kind of startle and you biff at the pop-up and it's like no i was just about to have a badass wave right all the buddhas there they're out there in the water with their long ass beards just saying like man acknowledge and move on <laughs> you, like, you, got, you don't there's not enough time to be holding on to like that. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, so this, this is what I'm telling you about your, about your limitations. Okay. We have some hardcore tips and some badass stuff that we want to get you to working with your limitations, but none of that can happen until you look around and realize, Oh my God, I'm going to have these limitations. This is like the color on my plate. This is, this is the ingredients that I'm working with. It is Guy Fieri's supermarket dash. You know what I mean? It is Iron Chef. And there's something that you have to use in the dish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And your limitation is what you have to use in the dish. And if you've ever watched Iron Chef, or I think it's Iron Chef, or whatever, whichever one they do that in, and you see these actual badass chefs make a meal, and they had to use, like, some weird, like, gunt root or something like that, just something that is, like, gym socks, <laughs> like, and they put, they use that as this limitation that inspires this ridiculously creative dish. Right, it's like rapid fire analogies for me right now, Chase. Yeah, <laughs> from one to the next. <laughs> I'm sticking with Gunt Root as a title for yeah. this podcast. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting at is it, what I'm getting at is one of the things we all learn to do is we learn to acknowledge what our limitations are and to accept them. I mean, Corbett, that's really step your, zero, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. In your in your story, like, what are the lim- what are the limitations you're working with? Well, and, and what were the limitations, right? That That's really what yeah. matters for me in the beginning. My limitation was a day job plus having to fly across the country twice a week. Yeah. And, right. you know, and I, I had my first entrepreneurial dream and I ended up having to work on that after work, which for me ended at 8 p.m. usually and uh, started again the next day at 8 a.m. And so I had to work on it from, you know, 8.30 PM till I went to bed every night. Yeah. And that was, that was the limitation that I, that I worked within. And, you know, you can, you can either rail against that reality and just spend a lot of your energy wishing that you had some other situation, some other reality, or you can right. accept it and just deal with it. And so yeah. for me, dealing with it at the time was, 
getting to spend, you know, maybe 12 hours a week or something on that first business idea. And that business didn't end up going anywhere, but I learned a lot from it and I got a taste and it made me want to try again. Yeah. Interesting. Steph, when you think of limit your own limitations, whether it was in the past or now, now, what, what comes to mind for you? Oh man, I'm here just representing all the moms out there who have, uh, have small kids in particular. It's crazy. It'll turn your world upside down. I know I've talked about it on the show here in the past, but it's this really weird, it's just like very weird tension because in a way you feel kind of bad referring to your two-year-old as a limitation (laughs) because Mm -hmm, I actually mm -hmm. am so like being her mom has been one of the most enriching and unraveling of the soul experiences that I probably will ever have, I'm sure. And so it's this really weird, I think pretty unique situation where it's a gift and like you get the privilege of having these little tiny people in your life who are just like rambunctious and crazy and challenging, but beautiful. Um, but you know, there's, there's the reality that that presents, which is there's so much reality there. I mean, one of the things is that your kids are only going to be small for so long and people say it passes in the blink of an eye. And I think it's kind of true, although it doesn't feel like that on a daily basis necessarily, but, um, you're in the thick of it and you want to enjoy it, right? Like you, you know that your kids are going to grow up and you know, you won't have toddlers in the house forever which is both good and bad. Um, So you simultaneously want to slow down and enjoy the season. But if you're anything like me, it's easier said than done. I mean, slowing down and like really sinking fully into my identity as a mom has never been easy for me because I've always been passionate career-wise. I've always been driven. I've always had ambition forever. And so learning to work with that in the context of having this new, very important job it's tough. And I know there's people out there who maybe are diagnosed with a chronic illness and that changes how your energy works or people become caretakers for their parents. I mean, this, this stuff is going to happen as life goes on. And for me, it has become an exercise in accepting where I'm at and learning to work with the situation and, and actually be happy that it is the way that it is and recognize that it will shift and change. And I don't know, just figure out a way to, to be at peace with it. And some days are better than others. Some days I'm actually really frustrated about it. And some days I feel like super mom. So it really just depends where you're at. But I think as time goes on, it gets a little bit easier. And I think with the tips we're going to share as well, um, we definitely have some strategies, some mindset stuff to keep you healthy through this because, Oh, if you if you go through the process of becoming a parent, it is going to change the way you work and it's a blessing, but it does I think it definitely requires some big time adjusting. Yeah. And so to reiterate here, you know, 10 hours a week isn't the point, right? Building the business of your dreams in 10 hours a week is totally possible. And less than that is totally possible, right? What's going to matter here is you making progress over time. That's what's going to matter is you being able to be in a place mentally, to be in your, in a place like literally tangibly with your time, to be in a place with your ability to focus again and again and again, where you're not burning yourself out, where you're having the ability to make progress. You are making progress towards a, towards a vision, towards in a direction, right? And you're, and you're not burning out. You're not beating yourself up. You're not going into energy deficiencies by trying to give too much 
because it's got to be good. Anytime I get away to work on my thing, I got to get it really good. And I'm going to do this. And then it leaves you like sort of panting when you get back to your family and then you're, you're, pulling you're not giving them enough you know what i mean you're not and then they start to get mad and my wife's really good at going like that on me (laughs) like just letting me know in subtle manipulative ways that i'm not giving her enough (laughs) because truth be told i wasn't right and like speaking of again one of those things that's uncomfortable to call a limitation i don't mean it's a limitation for me i mean it's a limitation for my business idea right my wife is a limitation for my business idea my business idea which is kind of like a child of mine that i'm trying to birth into the world in a very real sense and give it the ability to kind of like live on its own and become a functioning member of society where i don't have to take care of it all the time you know but it's out there uh tilling the fields for me like kids always have that's what kids are for they're for tilling fields that's that's what the classic model of children were and i feel sad that we've gotten away from that frankly steph that uh (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) i'm kidding but the the point being um what is the point chase the important part is there are these limitations on your business um and when you acknowledge them and decide instead of resisting them to work with them Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I'm not going to keep being upset at you. I'm not going to keep being resentful because you exist in my life. Instead, I'm going to, I'm going to realize that actually that relationship in my life that's keeping me from working on my business is something I also want. I also want a really rich, intimate relationship with my wife. I also want connection with my kid, and that is spelled T-I-M-E, and that just costs my business something. I want those things too. I also want this business, and I want it to work, right? And so acknowledging, accepting, surrendering to the fact that there are some relationships and some constraints in your life that you must work within and that your business must feed on what you can give it aside and apart from this other stuff, right? We still got stuff to work with here, guys. And there are some powerful tips. I hate saying that. There are some powerful tips that you, but like these are like, there are, these are some powerful tips we want to give you about how to do this. You realized you don't have all the time in the world. You don't have all the money in the world. You don't have all the resources in the world, right? So what we before have to do... We, before we yeah, jump what? into that, can I just share one thing just to piggyback on that? Just because I think this is this something that just struck me that I feel like is really relevant to this conversation that's really positive actually about limitation. Limitation will make you look at your work differently. It will challenge. And this is like, before we get into the tips is why I want to add it here is I really, I challenge everybody out there to try to, to try to see your limitation this way. When you're working with limitation, there's a new creativity. It it will bend your mind in terms of how you look at getting the work done. Right. So for me personally, what that has looked like is always, I, I used to work a lot with effort. I used to always rely on my effort and, you know, I'd be the first one in the last one out. Like that was always my approach. Like put it, just putting in the most time when you learn to work with, with uh, limitation, you learn that there are other tools that you can rely on. There are other levers you can pull, such as intention, for example. So you start to ask these questions, I think, like, what if success isn't actually just based on how hard you work? What if there's a way to, 
you know, cultivate really strong results from a place of having limited time. So I think it pushes the edges of creativity. And I just was reminded of an example of this that I really want to share because this is this is from my real life that has really inspired me. I'm working with an amazing client right now. And I just laugh because she's amazing. She is, she deals with chronic illness and it's really debilitating actually. She is a award-winning author and she recently wrote a best-selling novel from her iPhone, like in her bed on the notes app. She wrote the whole book in bed on her phone and she won an award for this book. And it's like, it's been a a massive success. So that has really stuck with me. I heard about this a few weeks ago and I keep thinking about it because it's like, man, I think of all the excuses I've made, all the times I slept in and all the times I told myself that, you know, being a mom is hard or whatever. So (laughs) I just encourage people to like take that if it inspires you as much as it inspires me because the creativity, I never thought it would be possible to achieve that kind of result. Um, But when you allow yourself to not be held back and you find new and innovative ways to to work with your limitations, it's just so cool. (laughs) I I just love that example. You know, it reminds me of the time that I wrote a chapter to a book I never published on my iPhone while in the bathroom, you guys. And that that wasn't the only thing I pushed out during that time. Had to take it there. (laughs) I am so sorry, but... That's where my mind went, and I couldn't help but <laughs> going there. So um, I love I love all of these stories of, of kind of coming to terms with our limitations and realizing that, like, oh, my God, so much incredible thing is possible with limitations. I'm just remembering this Instagram, like, video I saw where it was, like, a meme, and the first part is, like, a guy just saying, uh, like, just, like, in text up above, like, going, like, I have no excuse. <laughs> I, I like all my excuses are bull crap, right? And underneath it is this video of a dude in a wheelchair doing like pull-ups that like like monster pull-ups where the wheelchair is attached to him, right? And getting up on top of the bar and doing like handstands with the wheelchair on the, the guy was so he did he was doing a handstand on the ground and then jumping between tires with his hands. You're just like, oh my God. I have no more excuses in life, right? These kinds of moments where we realize a limitation can actually force and and allow such beautiful things to bloom if you can get past your resentment of the limitation. If you can get past like the the victimization really of your limitation, right? Very powerful stuff. And we think here that if you're going to push past those limitations, past your resentment of them and start to work on your dream business and actually make it happen even with your limitations, then you've got to find three things. You have to find the right time, you have to find the right mindset, and you have to find the right focus, okay? That's time, mindset, and focus, okay? So Corbett, talk to us about finding the right time. Yeah, so uh, I think what we're talking about here is you know, accept your limitations, accept that you have time limits and that you're only able to spend a certain amount of time on your business. However, within that, you really need to look at your week where you're spending your time. Uh, you know, whether it's you're spending time on childcare, you're spending time on commuting, uh, you're spending time watching Netflix, you know, there's all kinds of things that we spend time on and you really just need to get a handle on that and start to poke holes in it and ask yourself, well, what if I moved this over here? Or what if I asked my 
mom to watch my kid this afternoon? Or what if I was able to work at home on Fridays and didn't have to spend that time commuting? Where can you push a little bit on your weekly schedule to carve out some additional time and just get real about what your calendar looks like and where are those blocks of time that you're actually going to be able to spend time on your business. Because if you just go into your week hoping that I'm going to get to spend time here and there and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll fit the time in, but you don't consciously know that tomorrow at 6.30 PM until 8.30 PM, I get, you know, a solid block there. Then the week can get away from you and you can end up just feeling really frustrated that you didn't get more in because maybe you think that magic is going to happen. You think magically you're going to get 20 hours and reality shows up and you only get six because you're tired and you have to commute and you have to spend time with your kids and everything else that you need or want to do. So finding the time for me is just about getting realistic about looking at your calendar and poking holes in where you might be able to shift things around. Yeah. And you know what? My favorite thing about this is this idea of negotiating with my partner. Normally it's with, with my wife, Melissa. If I can get her to, if I can get her on the same page as me, here's what I've learned. And maybe I'm privileged in this sense, but I, I think I didn't know I had this privilege for a very long time. I, it was a, it was a psychological <laughs> sort of hang up for me, right? I didn't trust that she actually supported me. Right. I didn't, I didn't feel like she actually really, I didn't know for certain that she actually did. I bet, I feel like I probably bet she did, but I was going to do this anyways with, without her support. <laughs> it's kind of like how I felt about it. Right. Cause I'm a jerk like that. I was for a while. Um, and so t- in talking with her about what I was building, what the business meant to me, what it meant to our family, what the real, I, what the real, like actual chances of what kinds of success would maybe be possible were right. Getting her aligned with the vision a little bit, got her to a place where she was able to say eventually, like she was always able to say this, but I was finally able to hear her say like, go, like go work on your business. Like go do that. And that's just something that's happening now. Go, go. Yeah. You need to go do some stuff. Go do it. Go do it. And now I'm doing it to her as well because she's with the kids more than I, um, we have childcare through most of the days, but then she'll take a day where she's with them full time. And, uh, and I know on a day like that, she would love to be able to go get through some email or work on a couple Instagram images or something like that, which by the way, you guys, she's using keynote to make all of her social images by herself with a little help from me, of course, but a uh, very powerful tool keynote. I'm going to stop that digression right there. But the point being negotiating with her, about why I needed to do this, why I felt like I needed to do this, what I wanted to get out of it, out of it, what, what was important maybe to her about it for me. So negotiating with my spouse, I can't really negotiate with my kids because they're monsters and they have no sense of justice and equanimity. They only want all my time. And so what I do with them is I give them drugs in their food that makes them, makes them go to sleep like anytime <laughs> I need them to. <laughs> That's all I can do there. But this negotiating with the people that we have, the same thing is true with day jobs, right? Stefan, your day job, did you ever have like, did you ever have like a negotiation or the ability to work on a side thing while you were at a day job? 
You know, I, I never did like outwardly, like with another party, but what this brings up for me, and I mentioned this when we were kind of chatting before the show, is for me, the negotiation with myself has always been the hardest. And yeah. uh, I know it's different for every person, but I think for lots of us, we are our own hardest critics and uh, it's never really good enough. So. Okay, so hold on, hold on. This is the mindset. This is Let's switch okay. into mindset oh, sorry. now. Because time... I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Time is just like, I think the big takeaway from that is Corbett saying, just look at the calendar, poke holes, find the times that you're going to get to do this. And I'm saying another part of this is make sure that, you know, contractually with your spouse or with your dog or with your... M- parents-in-law or your children or your whatever that you feel like you can get away guilt-free this is a really big deal getting away guilt-free so that you can really be all there when you get to your work now this is where we get into mindset being all there in the right mindset so say what you were saying Steph about this kind of contract or negotiation that we need to go through with ourselves Yeah. I mean, I'm the type of person, Chase, you're talking about, you know, getting that permission from your wife. I can have that permission from John or from other people who are helping me out and still struggle. I I can, I will still feel the guilt. There is no amount of reassurance (laughs) enough for me to uh, be able to step away and feel okay with it if I have not negotiated a good contract with myself. So I think for a lot of people, you guys might be able to relate to this. Um, Another example of this would be, you know, the various decisions I've made in the past two years with my daughter and what my childcare arrangement looks like. That has required a massive amount of negotiation with myself because technically I'm here at home in the house working on my own schedule with a laptop. I can work anywhere in the world. So that little voice creeps in that says like, well, you don't really need, like what kind of mom are you putting your kid in daycare or whatever? And I have a lot of conversations with other entrepreneurs who who deal with those same guilt, guilty feelings. So for me, that tough inner critic has been the biggest contract I have personally had to negotiate. And I have a few tips for that to make it a lot more helpful because I find that no amount of arrangements with other people, no amount of goal setting is ever going to move the needle for me if I don't have my head in the right place. And I find this is true for a lot of others as well. So I have a couple big things on this mindset piece. I I guess it breaks down to three things. The first one is, I mean, you, you guys hear this, it's on Instagram. It's a quote on Pinterest probably, but being okay with growing slow. I know that brings people a lot of relief to hear that. It really is a real thing. Like I've multiple times had to pause myself and be like, where is the damn fire? Like if I'm lucky, my career is gonna be long. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, not even from a place of need. Like this is why we talk a lot about minimum viable income and understanding how much money you actually need to make from your business because oftentimes we whip ourselves way beyond what's necessary for survival and then some, but we still continue to beat ourselves up because as long as the bar can be raised, that's where we tend to push it. So being okay with growing slow, I think is huge. As I talked about with seasons, accepting the fact that things are going to ebb and flow and learning to just be at peace with the place you're at is a really amazing feeling. And honestly, the only person who can give you that permission is yourself. You have to be able to accept where you are. And that's a beautiful thing when you can figure that out. I'm better at this some days than others. So it's it's a constant negotiation. But one big thing that's helped me with this as well, this is probably like my favorite thing about this mindset piece is this idea 
idea of good, better, and best. I've been talking about this a lot on the Courage and Clarity podcast. I learned it from a very good friend of mine, Megan Hale. She's amazing with the work that she does around mindset. But this idea of good, better, and best in terms of your goals can be so helpful because it's been my experience that many of us, we shoot for best every single time. Best case scenario is where the bar is in terms of our like where we're aiming. And if we ever fall short of that goal, we feel like crap about ourselves. All we can think about, all we can focus on is the fact that we didn't hit that best, that best case scenario. So if you challenge yourself, I think most of us have no problem coming up with best, but asking the question, what would good enough look like? You know, like if I were saying to myself, Hey, I didn't get everything done, but I feel pretty darn good. What would that be like? And, you know, challenging yourself to come up with that and then something in the middle. So, you know, it's a little bit better than that good goal. It's not your absolute best case scenario, but now whenever I do anything, whenever I create a new like lead magnet and whenever I launch a thing, no, no matter what I'm doing, I always have good, better, and best because it just allows you to celebrate so much more. You can use this on like a daily basis too. Like if you get one hour of work today, if you're a parent, for example, that that's pretty darn good. Like maybe that's a good goal for you. So whatever you're working towards, having this framework of good, better, and best, it can be game changing for uh, that negotiation with yourself that I was talking about. Mm, I love that. Yeah, this permission to grow slowly, but intentionally, as well as as good, better and best goals, I think is like this. For some reason, it kind of like rewires something in my brain. Like I yeah. can just feel it. Those lines yeah. get unpl- unplugged for a second. And I, I, yep. I don't think that we can overstate how much of entrepreneurship ends up being mind games that you construct for yourself. Oh my gosh. So true. Right? Because yeah. you have to yeah. convince yourself of this this crazy idea that you're going to work on something that will pay off many, many months or years down the road and that it's all worth it today. And it, it, like we said earlier, it can just feel so futile. So if you're able to construct any kind of mind game like that, that gets you to put your butt in the chair and do the thing that's necessary because that the, the old adage of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step is so true of entrepreneurship. No matter how grand your vision is, you still have to sit there in front of a laptop or pick up the phone or go to the coffee shop and meet with somebody or whatever it is and perform a single task at once and then move on to another task and perform that task and so on and so forth, task after task after task until you get to your goal and you're stringing a bunch of them together. And whether you have one hour a day or 10 hours a day, even if you have 10 hours a day, the work is still the same you're still doing one task after another and you just have to play that mind game with yourself that convinces you that, okay, I know this thing matters and I, and I have to forget about this grand vision for a minute so that I can focus on getting this task done without being overwhelmed or feeling futile or whatever it is that is keeping you from doing that work. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's really cool. This is the first time I've really thought of this, like, for example, the good, better and best as a mind game, but it actually really is. And it makes me realize that what you're really doing is you're rigging the game in your favor. Like you're rigging the game. So you win more. Yeah, <laughs> for some totally. reason, that's a really powerful realization for me because I think we set ourselves up to lose most of the time. At least I can say that for myself. When you're only shooting for the stars, like the tippy top best case scenario, you almost never win. And no one wants to keep going when you never win. Imagine playing a card game where it's literally impossible to win. So 
Corbett, you just made me realize that that's really what this is about. It's about rigging the game <laughs> in your favor so that you can win a little bit more and, and have those good feelings to continue forward. It's kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. Just you're just rigging the game in your favor. That's what I love about it. It's just like, wait, isn't that cheating? It's like, wait, cheating on what? Cheating on who? <laughs> yeah. Cheating on me? <laughs> like it's just like I'm I'm also I'm cheating on me by not doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like if I don't rig this game in my favor, I'm rigging it against me. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. the thing. That's, that's the thing. It's like I'm not rigging this in my favor. I'm putting it back to neutral. You know, and that's why yeah. I geek out on so much of like the sort of indigenous culture stuff, Native Americans, and old school things, where it just felt like no, they're like we're humans. We relate to nature like this. Like it's pretty great. It's the most challenging thing in the world. It's what we're here for. Uh, we love it. Um, do you know what I mean? And as opposed to just like what I live lived in my whole life, which is like, who am I going to be? Is it, am I going to be big enough? Am I going to? I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for me, so I should be able to do something. Shouldn't I do something? Is that big enough? Is that good? I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't really want to fail. I don't want to fail. I need them. I need them to like me. I need them to like me. You know what I mean? It's just like, whoa, brother, try this. Like, I, I think of it, honestly, instead of adding things, I mean, it is like adding things, you know, adding this idea that, like, you have permission to grow slow. What I think I really feel when I think about that idea of I have permission to grow slow, asking my question, asking myself the question, like, what would good enough look like? What mm-hmm. I think that actually feels like to me is uninstalling something. Yeah. Like, on, it's like it's removing clutter it's removing stuff that just like you know shouldn't really be there and so that's why i like that model that's why i'm such a uh, you know it's spiritual junkie guy anyways that's that's the same thing it's like literally the same thing mind games to feel like oh wait it's good being alive never mind you know so we've got to find the right time we all have limitations we got to find the right time or we got to find the time right we got to find the mindset Okay, that's what we've been talking about here. Now, let's talk about once we've got the time, once we've got the mindset, we've gotten to the coffee shop. This is what my life's like right now. I, have, I get my time when I get to go to the coffee shop. And like once I'm there, it's like, am I about to just go like do things that don't matter for a while? Right? Am I about to go like, am I about to scroll through Facebook, which I don't use personally, but am I ever going to get stuck on Instagram or something like that? So before we get into how do we find the focus that we need to ha- need to find, let's talk about our sponsor for today's episode, which is Gusto. See, Corbett, I did it. I did, did it without it. saying Gusto. I said Gusto. Gusto is, tell them about it, Corbett. Tell them about Gusto, because we think it's actually one of these companies that feels like, ah, oh, ah, yeah. they've done something at the, like, the way the internet needed it to be done. Yeah, and we're not the only ones that feel that way because Gusto is payroll, HR, benefits, and compliance for small businesses. And in fact, 60,000 businesses use Gusto to process their payroll. Uh, PC Magazine rated them the best online payroll of 2018. All of these places that rate software like Captera, Software Advice, Trustpilot, they all give them five stars because Gusto is incredibly easy to use. If you need to pay yourself as a small business owner, if you need to pay employees, if you need to pay contractors, Gusto is the place to do it because they'll make sure that everybody gets paid like they should, that the taxes get taken out properly, and that you're complying with all of the state laws, the new hire forms, the workers' comp insurance, all that kind of stuff. And you Whoa. can get three months free 
of payroll processing with Gusto by going to gusto.com slash fizzle. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash fizzle to get three months of payroll for free. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so I get to the coffee shop and it's time for me to to start working. And we all have experienced this, this sort of distraction thing that can happen where we don't have our focus. We don't have the focus to work on what's important, right? So Corbett, when you think of this focus thing, you mentioned this idea of like shining a light on your week and asking where the time goes, right? You only have a certain amount of time. Where are you going to put it? What does that process look like for you? Well, this is like, I think one of the most important things that we can do as entrepreneurs, not just as entrepreneurs, but as productive people in general. And that is figuring out a framework. I've always called it my operating system, right? This is how I get work done during the week. That's how I figure out what my priorities are. That's how I know what I'm working on before I sit down. That's how I reduce distractions and resist the urge to just spend an hour watching uh, that This Is America video, which I must have seen like 20 times now. For some reason, I can't stop watching it. <laughs> Um, that sort of thing, you know, and, um, for me that involves, you know, sitting down on Monday at the beginning of the week, I like to review the results that I've gotten. I look at some key performance indicators for my business, judge how I've been doing. I look at the projects that I feel like can impact those KPIs. And then I break those projects down into tasks that I'm going to take on during the week and put them on my task calendar for the week. Basically, mm. here's what I'm going to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, along with any uh, commitments that I already have on my calendar. So that's the sort of process that I follow, but each of us needs to find our own process. And the important thing here is not how you do it. It's that you have a system and that you keep looking for ways to tweak that system so that it works for you because all of us operate differently. All of us mm. find focus in different ways. And yeah. I think Steph has one of the best methods for it. Um, you know, it's definitely impacted uh, my workflow in some ways. And we've heard that a lot of people really love it. So maybe we should ask her about that. Yeah, Steph, tell us about the 15 minute planner. Yeah. Well, first, I just want to tag on to what Corbett said and just uh, agree like 100% that whenever I find myself winging it, like that's the worst possible thing. And it's really funny back to mind games. Like sometimes I convince myself that the best thing I can do is to wing it. And it's always a mistake for me because, you know, especially when you are working with limitations, I find one thing that happens is you will end up with an odd hour here or there that you didn't even anticipate that you would have, right? Like meeting gets canceled at work, kid goes down for an extra hour for their nap, like you name it. There's always these random little times that you might get back and those can make the difference between hitting your goals or falling short. And the kiss of death, I think, is when an hour pops up and you spend the whole hour putzing around, not sure what to work on, right? Like I know (laughs) I was dealing with that a lot. And so I have this method that I call the 15-minute planner method. We've talked about it here on the show before, but it literally was just born out of my own need for like the exact scenario I just described, where I'd get these little pockets of time. I was a new mom at the time. My daughter wasn't on a schedule. It was like a hot mess. And I needed to know what to work on when. So uh, this method, essentially, what what it's really about is identifying what we call growth-based actions. There's this whole method where you think about rocks, pebbles, and sand and how they fit 
into a jar. And when you identify what actions in your business are actually going to grow the business, so that looks like growing your revenue, growing your audience, or growing your learning, um, when you prioritize those things, when you understand what they actually are and identify them like on a task level, when you do end up with that odd hour here or two hours there, or you're, you know, you get a babysitter randomly, something happens, you know what to work on next. So this process can kind of help you kind of instantly uncover what to work on when you do find yourself with time where you're not working with your limitations. Excuse me. So if that's something that people need help with, and like Corbett said, I think it's important to find your own system, but the 15-minute planner method has helped a lot of people so far, and it's at courageandclarity.com slash plan, and it's free. Booyah, courageandclarity.com slash plan. I personally have, I love that metaphor of like, just looking at my week, like what are the rocks? What are the pebbles? What are the sand? You know, and I I didn't even take it to the point of like, what's going to grow or my this, that or the other, which actually would have been helpful for me. I just was like, you gotta go back uh, and do it. (laughs) I was just like, what's important? (laughs) Like what's important? Well, I got to make this. I got to make that. Okay. Well, there's the two chunks of my time that and honestly, for me, it's it's just what goes at the top of the list on the page. Yeah. And that's it. Because whatever's there is going to get done. You know, whatever's at the top, like, and I start doing first, that, that'll get done. And yeah. and it just, just that little piece of, of like, of focus to just like write everything down and then go, what are the things that actually matter most? And honestly, put a star next to those, and just do those first. Even that can be so life-changing for some of us, depending on how, you know, naturally <laughs> confused you are about what is actually important. And this gets us to our second point on finding the focus. The first one is shining a light on your week, using the 15-minute planner to get yourself to know what is actually important and focus on that. Normally, all you have to do is identify what's important and then what's not important. And then you're, you will naturally, you will naturally do the important things when you, when you put it out in, in a process like this. But then there's this other challenge, this sneaky one. This is the final point here today. The sneaky challenge is you might not know what is actually the rock or the pebble or the sand. Like you might be confused about that, right? I know a lot of young new entrepreneurs who are who are like spending focused, intentional time on their business. They get the negotiation with their spouse. They get time away. They get into the right mindset, right? They're ready to, for the focus. They go through figuring out what is important and what isn't. And I look at their list and I'm like, Dude, you chose wrong. <laughs> like, that's not important. What's important about this is that. And they're like, really? I didn't know that. Tell me why. And I'm like, because here's what's hard about your business. Here's what's hard about making this work. Here's why if this is going to work, it's not going to be your logo that makes it work, right? It's not going to be the this or the that or the other. It's actually going to be the that or the there or the then or whatever it is. I don't know how to, how to put things together, but it's not A, it's B. And knowing the difference between those two, what is actually important, what isn't, what can actually be the the supporting foundation of your business right now, and what is just kind of fluffy stuff. Sometimes we get confused, and we feel like the fluffy stuff is actually more important than it is. And this is when you might need a guide to follow of some kind. We put together the roadmap that I think is probably the best of the best that I've seen out there because it's simple 
It's easy. It's bite-sized chunks. It's like, what should I work on next? And then here's a video about it. And here's a guide. And here's exactly what you need to do. And by the way, bring this to the forum and ask people what they think about your BST, this quick page that you put together in five minutes that allows us to see what your business model is instantly and make like give you some feedback on, oh, you should talk to Terry because Terry's doing something in a completely different environment, but you guys both have this piece that is similar and you might be able to learn from what he's been doing, right? Like this, this is the kind of stuff that can help you instead of focusing on A, you focus on B and that ends up making all the difference in the world. So it's, it's experience in a bottle. Right, it's 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 courage in a cup, <laughs> as they say about a shot of whiskey. It's experience in a in a bottle. It's experience in a website in a guide like this can be extremely valuable for you. So, if that's you and you don't necessarily have that one hundred percent trust and confidence in your compass right now, some of you are just like, listen, I would never listen to anybody about anything ever. I have to do it all my way. To you, I say, like, keep going, keep going. You have to do it. I'm like that as well, and. Honestly, it just takes me a really long time to get to where other people get to a lot shorter, right? I a little bit wish I had more of that like, hey, shh, be a student for a second. Be a student. You don't have to know everything. I'm learning how to do that more and more. But uh, some of you are just like, like, you would never do it, and so don't worry about it. You don't have to. This is just one of those really helpful things for getting your list in actual priority order. This can go a long ways. And... Corbett, tell them about uh, tell them about what they can get behind door number five. If you go to fizzle.co slash try five <laughs> door number five. So uh, for people who aren't familiar with what we do behind the scenes at Fizzle, we run a massive video training library, roadmap, community, and uh, support system for entrepreneurs, all for one low monthly price of thirty nine dollars. And uh, we like to give people a big trial before they sign up. So if you head over to fizzle.co slash try five, you will get a no strings attached, no limitations, free trial. You can sign up. You can get access to the roadmap that Chase just told you about. You can get access to watch any one of the well over 100 hours of video content that we have there that includes training on uh, growing your email list, building a blog, building your first product, all kinds of things that you need to know as an entrepreneur. All of that along with live weekly coaching. It's incredible what we offer. And you can get a free trial by going to fizzle.co slash try five join us there and like an hour from listening to this you could be knee deep in a course you could be putting together your first business sketch template and you could be chatting with us directly in the fizzle community yeah i love it i love it okay guys anything else to add that's it thanks for guiding this one chase You got it. You got it. All right, guys, that is episode, what are we at? 268 of The Fizzle Show. You can find the show notes for this episode. You may want to at fizzleshow.co slash 268. Okay, that's fizzleshow.co slash 268. But while you're there, you should get one of our free guides. They're really good. In fact, I'll encourage you to check out the toolkit. All right, it is multiple guides. Lots of them are going to literally help you in your business right now. Whatever you're working on, I can almost guarantee it. So go to fizzle.co slash 
toolkit. That's fizzle.co slash toolkit to get the toolkit of guides like the business sketch template, the understanding your audience guide, things like this that can help you make a better blog post, make a better podcast, get more people subscribed to your email list, make more sales on your sales page, put together a better product, this kind of stuff. All right? I have loved this uh, hour you've spent with us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for paying attention and listening. Thanks for being someone who's building something they care about. Right? That's like... You're awesome. You are awesome. All right? So keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Bye-bye.